Hello, contemporary romance fans. My name's Jess, and this is CamCat Unwrapped. You've been listening to Managing the Matthews by Haley Wenger, and we have the author with us here for a virtual interview. I'm so excited to chat with you, Haley. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I'm so excited to have you on. I feel like I always say the word excited, but I'm elated to have you. We work in publishing. I can be more creative than that. I'm yeah, so enthused to have you on the show. Um, we've been all listening to your book through the podcast. Um, those of us who have been listening from the start might have gotten the whole audiobook, but for those of us who are just kind of dipping our toes into it, this book follows uh, Kel Simmons, who is the talent manager for the three Matthews brothers who are Hollywood's hottest stars. And she is kind of battling her own kind of things while she is trying to be their talent manager. And she's dealing with health crises and kind of deciding what path she really wants to be on in her own life. Haley, I'm getting ahead of myself already. Um, I would love to hear before we jump into your book about you and who you are. Um, so I'm Haley. I have been a lifelong romance reader and kind of writer. Um, even when I was little, I did all the, you know, make your own little books and staple them together and force your parents to read them. And a lot of it's just like very thinly veiled fan fiction of other books you love. Um, but I think that's like where we all start. Um, and yeah, so I've always loved romance. Um, I'm a stay at home mom. I do freelance writing and then I have five kids. Um, so I'm busy with that most of the time. And I love baking, reading, writing, hanging out with my family and that's about it. I'm simple. I still can't believe you have five kids. That must be such a job, but such a rewarding job too, to be able to uh, have five little lives that you are responsible for. Yeah, for sure. I, I think sometimes I can feel super overwhelmed with like, there's, you know, like we're responsible for like so much emotional and physical well-being, but it is really a joy to see them grow up and just you know, it's crazy because kids come out like fully formed personalities. And I always see things where people are like, oh, if this, if you want your kid to do this, then this. But I think there's only a very small part that you can really uh, influence as a parent. And otherwise, you're just guiding them into who they already have decided they're going to be. <laughs> right. That's, yeah, I feel like you see so many, like exactly what you just said, like parent guides of, this is how you should parent for your kid to be this way. But it's like you said, they're human beings too. So they're going to have their own unique interests. And Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we can get into your book, Managing the Matthews Now. Are you, well, it's got obviously themes of reality TV, very Bachelor-esque, almost, you know, with the three brothers, kind of Jonas Brothers-esque. Are there, are those things that you find yourself particularly interested in? Um, what was your inspiration for this book? I've definitely always been a boy band girl. So I was really into the Jonas Brothers. Um, 
I watched like their TV show on Disney Channel and some of the um, reality show that they had. And then a few years ago, I think 2019, right before COVID hit, my husband and I went to a Jonas Brothers concert and it was so much fun. And I just kept thinking like, this is so funny to see like, they were like teenagers and they had this dynamic. And then as adults, they had like a different dynamic on stage. And I just thought that was a really interesting thing to think about. And it kind of stuck in my brain. And then I also, I have four boys and my husband has four brothers. So I've watched kind of that dynamic in real life too. And I just think it, it's really interesting how men interact with each other <laughs> um and then yeah reality shows i mean you can't really escape them they're everywhere and so i definitely watch uh, my fair share more so in my 20s but there's um so much to explore there right it's it's um a very interesting phenomenon totally well and i think your book captures so well too that there's what goes on on screen and then the reality of the situation, what's going on off screen. So that is such a fascinating thing to explore. I love that you and your husband went to a Jonas Brothers concert and that that like actually did kind of make you think of these dynamics because the whole time I yeah. was reading, I was like, this feels like a Joe, Nick and Kevin situation. Yeah, so I just okay. love that you um, were inspired by that. Yeah. It was very, very fun. Um, yeah. And then, so the, as far as the romance genre goes, you said that you had watched your fair share of reality TV. Do you feel mm -hmm. like that's what connects you to that genre? Have you written other, is this your debut novel? It's my adult debut. I have two uh, young adult novels and they're both romance centered, but this is my true first true romance and first true adult. Oh, amazing. So then, I mean, you have other books then in the romance genre. What would you say is your connection to writing romance? Um, I think I've just always been very much like a lover girl, you know, like I always have felt very sensitive, very like connected to other people in a way of like, um, I'm not great at small talk, but I would love to like know like what makes you sad, what makes you happy, like what's your childhood trauma? Um, and I think romance uh, gets a bad rap sometimes, but it's a really character-driven genre. And I think um, if you want to read a story about um, two people and really get into what has hurt them and then watch a whole process of what has healed them, that is romance for you. <laughs> I love that. And I feel like you know, without spoiling too much, although we'll spoil a little, um, I think that that the ending of your book is so wonderfully encapsulates like what hurt you, but what heal you, heals you. Um, so I really love that. Um, can I ask you a totally random question? Um, not that I know a ton about it, but what's your sign? <laughs> it's uh, Libra. Ah, lover girl. There you go. <laughs> the the very few the, the very right? few uh, Oh, okay. The the very few things I know about Libras is that they're supposed to be like the romantics. So Really? Oh, I don't know a lot about it either, but that's interesting. 
that's like a whole other thing that's interesting yeah but my best friend is super into astrology so she's like uh-huh. and she's a libra so i do happen uh, to know a few things about libras just because she's one funny. um and That's so we cool. talk about I'll it and she i'm a cancer more. so she tells me all about my stuff as well but i love that because i was wondering when you were saying i want to get to know the heart of who you are what makes you tick what mm-hmm. you know makes you feel any sort of way that feels so like I don't know, like so rooted in who you are that I was wondering if, you know, there's any sort of cosmic yeah. connection there. <laughs> That's so yeah, fun. I'll so have to look into that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it it's just a like fun thing to know about, I feel like, regardless mm-hmm. of whether you believe it or not. I, I just always have fun learning about it. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, we cool. had talked Yeah, we had talked a little bit about how you were inspired by the Jonas Brothers show growing up and and your husband's dynamic with his siblings. That's so fun. Are there more things that you feel like you drew upon your real life to inspire your story? Um, Yeah, for sure. So Kel, the main character, has um, Crohn's disease and I have Crohn's disease. And so that's something uh, that was fun and kind of important for me to include because... um, it's only really recently I feel like that publishing has um, started to really include storylines of chronically, chronic, chronically ill, excuse me, or disabled characters. Um, and so for me, that was important. It was something I definitely wanted to see when I was a teenager growing up reading that and feeling sick and kind of lonely about the fact like I didn't know anyone else that was sick or had to go to the hospital or um you know take special medicine um but at the same time when you have a chronic illness like Crohn's disease most of the time at least for me I was living a normal life but when I got sick I was very sick so for me yeah including that in romance felt like um something exciting to try and balance uh well, like I said before, like the hurt and then overcoming and those sort of themes, I think it fit in well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like as I was reading the story, you could just tell, I wasn't sure if it was Crohn's disease or not, but you could tell that you as the author had some sort of personal connection to being that level of ill and, you know, having to explore that kind of, um, you know, life path because, Kel's connection to it was just so help like it like it, it felt tangible like it, it just felt like it was coming from someone who really knew that struggle so um I always love you know regardless of whether it's from experience or from research when an author really or when I'm reading a book and it feels like the author just really knows what they're talking about and this was definitely one of those moments um I mean, speaking of research, what what kind of research did you have to, or did you have to do any kind of research to write your book? Um, I definitely did uh, concerning like reality TV, uh, like the filming side. And then um, Cal is the talent manager for the Matthew Brothers. And so uh, what that entails, what kind of like work goes into that. And then... Um, I obviously don't live in California, so I tried to research that too. Yeah, I was wondering also how much your um, your California knowledge was based on experience because I live in LA and I was like, oh, that's fun. Like, it seemed like you knew little like 
tidbits about um, LA that like someone who was in the area would know. So I always enjoy books that are set in places that I'm familiar with because I get to like, oh, it seems like they know. <laughs> uh-huh. That's fun. And also a worry when you're writing, you're like, someone's going to read this and be like, you've obviously never been here. <laughs> oh, so you've never been. Um, I have, I've been, I think two or three times, but just for a short visit. So got it. Got it. Yeah. And LA is so big too, that like, it's one of those places where everything is just all over the place. And I feel like the Barbie movie a little bit, um, you know, just the, speaking of being in LA, like makes it seem like everything's so close to each other, but then you're like, Oh wait, it would have taken, you know, America Ferreira 45 minutes to get from point A to point B. Uh, so it definitely felt like you at least knew a little bit of where of your geography. So I was wondering how informed it was. Um, so you've written other books. You've written other books in the past as well. Um, what is your writing process like? Is it different for this book because it was an adult novel versus your uh, YA stuff. Yeah, just in general, what's your writing process like? I didn't feel like the process was different for this one, but um, for all of my books, I'm definitely just, I'm not like a, you know, we talk a lot about plotters versus pantsers and I'm definitely just a pantser. Like I just have an idea, try and like scramble for some details in my brain, like beg the muse to give me something and then just go at it um, and usually pay for it because I'll get halfway through a draft and be like, what is this? <laughs> um, and then just do a lot of rounds of editing and I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to do like a little bit of in between, but that's my, uh, that's my first instinct is just to start writing and hope it takes me somewhere. <laughs> Well, I mean, it seems like it's working for you. Uh, the fact that you've done three books that way and this one turned out so, so great. Um, it was really such a such a fun book to read. We've been reading a lot of, um, for the podcast, you know, we read everything before we, um, before we do the interviews because we want to come in informed. And we've been doing a lot of like paranormal books or thriller books or mystery books, horror um, so it was just such a nice, um, such a nice deviation um, from all of that. It felt like I just multiple people have said your book is such a nice palate cleanser. It's so yeah, it, it's so great. I actually got it for um, my I'm just going to call her my sister-in-law because I otherwise the connection is too long. So I got it for my sister-in-law for Christmas because she was like, I'm looking for a book that's going to like be a good book, but that's going to not make me scared or feel really terrible about life. And I was like, well, I have the book for you. <laughs> so um, do you get a lot of feedback like that? Like people are just like, you, like you said, it's, it's such a nice palate cleanser. It's such a nice, like fun um, read. That's so great. I think it's a quick book. You can read it pretty fast and it's pretty low drama. I mean, there's drama, but it's like a fun drama. It's not stressful. Right. Well, it's the same reason that we love watching um, the all all reality TV is you love, you're there for the drama year. It's, it's a fun drama. It's not stressful. It's, it's like you're putting so much stake in someone else's lives and, and someone else's life. And, and I think that's why, you know, reading is such a fun 
medium of entertainment in general because you kind of get to step into someone's world in a lower stakes way. Um, you mentioned that when you're um, when you're writing, there reaches a point where you're like, okay, let's go back and edit all of this. Do you find that there's like a specific point every time or that in, it's just kind of like you write till the inspiration runs out and then you go back and then you're like, ah, more inspiration. And then you keep going. It's definitely the midpoint. And it's always because I come in with like an idea and then I write and then I realize like, oh, this is not like a solid enough plot to carry you through an entire book. And then I have to go back and restructure and like deepen the plot ideas that I had, which you'd think I'd learn and like do that to, from the beginning, but not yet. <laughs> Again, I feel like the process works for you. So <laughs> whatever works. <laughs> um, what would you say is the hardest scene for you to write? Um, I think I have a hard time with, I mean, there's not any like action in my book, but action scenes like where a lot is happening, like um, I struggle with how do you make like all these movements and and things that are happening not sound like repetitive or boring. But I really enjoy when I am drafting Sometimes I'll just use like a way to trick myself and to keep going. I'll kind of give myself a treat. Like if you make it through this part, that's hard for you to write. Then you can write like one kissing scene or like one like witty dialogue exchange. And then I'll just save it for later. <laughs> yeah. That's so great. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to motivate yourself. <laughs> and a, a little incentive program. That is really, I've not heard that one, but I really, I love that so much because I think so many people who are looking to write a book are like, you know, I just struggle to find the motivation or I get to a point where I just stop feeling inspired. How do I get past that? You just incentivize yourself. That's so fun. <laughs> Yeah, because when you're writing, you don't want to write things that are boring to you because it'll be boring to the reader. But some of it is really just, uh, you know, it has to be on the page for it to make sense. And so, yeah, to just keep finding the parts that you're excited about, saving them. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So then when you're writing, do you find that you write pretty non-linearly so that you can kind of give yourself those give yourself those treats later? Um, I, I write pretty linearly, but I'll like, I use my notes app on my phone a ton. And so that's what I'll kind of do, or I'll put it in a different document. And I'll just say like, I know at some point this is going to happen. So I'm going to write it really quick because I'm excited about this happening. And then I'll, I'll kind of fit it in where I know it needs to go. Uh, but not until it linearly fits. Yeah. Got it. Ah, okay. Uh, that's such an interesting process that like it's mostly linear until you're like, okay, I know that this needs to be there, but I'm not sure where. So I, I feel like I always just try to envision that, not that I'm a writer at all, but whenever I'm talking to an author, just like what it must be like to sit in front of your computer, your pen and paper, whatever medium, your notes app in your case, and be like, okay, here is, uh, here is how I'm writing this however many page novel. So I, I just, I love hearing all of these little tidbits that I feel like you have to kind of be there to know. 
So that's so fun. That's true. I know writing a book is such a strange process and I'm not sure if it's the same for all writers, but most of that I've talked to every time we're like, I don't think I can write an entire book. And then somehow you just, it just, you just uh, works out. But after a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. How long did it take you to write this book? Um, usually first drafts take me like three months and so pretty quick for a first draft. Um, and then um, probably another three to four months of editing before I was ready to really query. That is so quick. I can't like, I can't fathom that just because that sounds like such a quick process. I feel like everyone you hear, you know, is like, oh, this was my project of 10 years. Um, but to get such a, a lovely book, like you said, uh, um, something that, or like I said, rather something that just is so well done and so polished, um, and has this story that's fun to read and engaging in such a short amount of time is just really mind boggling to me. Although you hear, of course, you know, the writers who are putting out multiple books a year, it's still just such a fun, a fun thing to hear about. Um, we have all been listening to your audiobook to shift gears. Have you listened to your audiobook? Do you um do you have any little fun insider tidbits about that? Um, I have listened to the first part of my audiobook and I love it. Like I sometimes will just listen to the first few chapters over and over again. I can't, this is just a personal thing, but I can't make myself listen to the whole thing because I get lost in it and I start getting, I cringe because I'm like, oh, why would I say that? Like, or why would I write it that right. way? Um, it feels like when you watch your, like you hear yourself, yeah. your voice replayed back and you're like, is that what I sound like yep. you? <laughs> yep. That's why I can't edit these interviews. <laughs> <laughs> the narrators did such a good job like they did so good uh but I haven't been able to listen to the whole way through because I get in my own head and I'm like this doesn't this isn't a good book the whole we're all our own worst critic thing just like really hitting home for you there <laughs> yeah um were you involved at all in the audition process for it um did you get to hear any of the different um, voices? Cause I feel like this voice just it fits so well for Kel. Um, were you involved in that at all? Yeah, I, there was, I got three different, um, voices for Ash and three different voices for Kel. And I got to listen to those, um, and pick and yeah, I mean, they just, they do so good. I can't really picture anyone else as the voices now. Totally. I mean, Ash sounds great too, but I was just, I don't know, maybe because, you know, both being ladies behind the scenes in Hollywood, I was like, I resonate with the voice of Cal. <laughs> uh, that's so fun. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, it must be so fun for you too. Like you said, you can't picture anybody else as those voices anymore. So for you to be able to, to hear your words come to life in a sense through these people who are your characters, just such a fun experience. It is. And you're right. Lisa Larson, she does, um, she puts like so much emotion and stuff in her narration that I really appreciate it. All the inflections and different parts that I imagined as I was writing it, she really nailed. So 
Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, it's super fun. Yeah. Well, speaking of different mediums to uh, engage in your book, um, we love to ask the question here about if you could cast your book as a movie, who you would cast. I feel like this one's a little bit easier maybe than some of the other ones because Feel it felt so Joe Bros to me the whole time. Um, if you, but if you could cast anyone, and the Jonas Brothers is a fine option um, in the movie version of your book, who would you cast? Okay, I was thinking about this, and um, Jonas Brothers aside, I can't remember the name of the movie, but Daniel Radcliffe did a rom com several years ago, and he was so good in it. I think he would be a really good Ash. Like, I don't think he really looks like Ash does in my mind, but like, I just, he did such a good job and I love his acting in general. I think he would be a good Ash. Yeah, I love that. Have you seen that rom-com? I can't remember what it's called. I feel like I can totally picture it in my brain, but for the life of me, can't remember if I've seen it or seen previews for it. And then, um, and then, yeah, um, don't know. Oh. Gabe, thank you so much. He just gave me a little note on the screen. It's the F word. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that the one? Yeah, it was really good. It was good. It was... <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah, you should watch it. Maybe I'll watch it again, too. For Cal, I'm going to say this wrong. Um, Zoe Deutsch, is that how you say her name? I also don't know, but I know exactly the actress. She's super cute. I think she would make a good Cal. I also don't know if she really looks like I pictured Kel in my mind, but I feel like I'm doing more like personality, like things I've seen them in that I'm like, oh, they could pull off the personality. Totally. Well, I, and it's kind of like you said, I don't know if the voice or if, if the person I envision in my head matches her face, but the personality, it makes me think of um, the one where they're trying to get their bosses together. Yeah. Is that set it up? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Set it up. Sounds right. Um, but now that, cause I wouldn't have pictured it based off of the person I saw in my head, but the personality of her in that I, I totally see. Yeah. I think for me too, it's funny because, um, it's something you get asked a lot as a writer and I like, I'm not, a, a visual person. Like when I'm writing, I don't visualize, um, some of my writer friends I've talked to, they say like what I'm writing, it's like a movie in my head. Like I see the scenes, I see the houses, I see the people's faces. That's never happened to me. It's just like just words in there. I don't know. I don't, I don't really visualize at all. That's so interesting. Are you a big reader? Maybe it's like, well, I'm, I'm always just so fascinated by how our different minds work in different ways. And cause I've heard the movie thing a lot. It's so fun. Um, I've heard the movie thing a lot, but I love that you are almost just like this sentence, like you, you see the story, it sounds like, more than you are watching the the video. Sometimes I'll even just see like literally words. And it sounds like my head is just empty up there, but sometimes it's like words in my head. So maybe it is a reading thing. I'm not sure, but um, I think it's kind of weird, right? But I think most writers that I've talked to to like see a movie or visualize things. Um, and I always struggle with like descriptions on page. And I think that's why, because I'm like, I don't know, they looked like uh, this. Yeah. Wow. 
I love that. I think that's so cool. And I feel like that almost lends to a story in such a different way. Cause now that I know that I feel like there are scenes that I almost like, I want to go back and read it so that I can see it through your eyes. I don't know. Maybe that's a weird thing for like someone who talks to authors for a living that like, I always want to like imagine that I'm in the author's head as I'm reading their, their material. Um, but now I want to go back and read your book again so that I can read it through the lens of like, here are the words that are, that are coming to me. That's so fun. This doesn't make sense. This is not a real shape. <laughs> what are you describing? <laughs> I love it. It's great. <laughs> um, so again, to shift gears a little bit, your other books, is that also how you wrote your YA novels? Just words kind of coming to you and you're like, this is how I want to write my story. Yeah. I didn't realize it was different until um, a friend sent me a TikTok and she was, someone was talking about that. And she was like, can you believe someone doesn't see like pictures in their head? And I was like, that's me. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine because they were saying the same thing. Yeah. Well, I was talking about how, I don't know. I don't know if, if this is crazy person land, you know, over here, but I feel like I have six movies going on in my head at any given time. And my consciousness is just kind of bopping around to each one. Like when I read a book, that's always like me thinking about the book is always a movie playing in one of my little screens in the back of my head. Um, and as I'm talking to you, your book is playing on the screen because, because I'm like thinking about the book as I am talking to you about it. Um, and my friend who I was talking to was like, I'm a very present person. If, if we're not, if we are not engaging in the, in a conversation, I am not thinking about other things. I am just like, you can say, think of a horse and I can't conjure an image of a horse to my brain. It was just so interesting to me as someone who has like little things that my head is kind of bopping around between for them to be like, nope, don't see pictures in my head at all. I was like, wow. So I love that you're, and would you say that that's true about in general, like in general, you don't really see movies in your head. Sorry. And now I'm like totally getting off topic. I'm like this random psychological track. No, it is interesting. Um, when you were saying that you feel like you have like a movie playing in your head constantly, I feel like I have a narration playing in my head constantly. Like sometimes this makes me sound creepy, but like, I feel like I almost unconsciously narrate what I'm doing constantly. Like, um, it's just always there. I don't know. Yeah. Well, actually, what's funny about that is it makes me think of a conversation I had with a friend years ago who said the same thing. So I don't think you're alone in that at all. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're not alone. Uh, well, okay. And again, a very off topic comment, and then we can move on. But then it makes me think about like people who, um, you know, we designate to be like, outside of the norm, like people who we claim have like these different maybe disorders or things, that's their normal. They're like processing things, maybe even the same as I am. Anyway, we can move on. <laughs> but I always just am thinking about that stuff. It's so interesting. So, okay, back on track now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, for your other books, um, what can you tell us about them? 
aside from the fact that your process was very similar, what were the books about? Or you said they're also romance? They are. Um, they're both young adults. So the first one is about a 16-year-old girl who always goes to Florida to spend the summer with her grandfather at the beach. Um, but this summer, he's just died, and she discovers that he's left her um, an application for a sand art contest. Um, and so she kind of begrudgingly enters that and discovers her love for art that her grandfather was trying to foster in her. And then she falls in love with um, a boy that she meets there at the contest. I love that. That's so cute. I also am of the belief personally that YA is still for all ages. So that just sounds like a very fun, like another like fun read that would be kind of palate cleansery of just like, a person falling in love with art and another person. It just sounds very fun. YA is great because um, it's always that theme ultimately of like discovering who you are, choosing who you want to be. And that I think applies to, like you said, like all ages. We never completely grow up and are like, this is exactly who I am. We're always kind of changing and challenging ourselves. Totally. Oh, I love that sentiment. I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Um, I feel like, Gabe, we should have a segment of like quotes Jess wants on t-shirts because I feel like at least once an episode, I'm like, can we make that my personal motto? I want that. Um, we're just always growing and changing who we are and, and discovering ourselves. Like it's such a, it's such a comforting sentiment. I feel like of just like, it's okay to not have all the answers because everybody's constantly discovering and rediscovering themselves and so lovely <laughs> it's like you need someone who does t-shirt printing on hand to just make you all your t-shirts <laughs> we've been talking about getting some camcat unwrapped swag maybe it'll just be like my favorite quotes on t-shirts <laughs> that's funny that would be awesome oh gosh i just thought of another question i wanted to ask you and then it slipped my mind um, but it was about your other books. It was. But maybe if you if you wanted to keep talking about it, it'll come to me again. Okay. Well, um, I have a second YA book out. It's called A Feeling Like Home. It was really inspired by um, – I mostly write just, like, really sweet characters. And so I wanted to write kind of a character that was uh, more of, like, a troublemaker. She's definitely unlikable um, at the beginning. She's 17 years old, um, and her dad gets sick with Crohn's disease and she starts kind of really acting out um, just because she's not sure how to deal with it. She's worried. And so she just gets into a lot of trouble. Her parents send her to live with her older sister for the summer, kind of as punishment, kind of like get your act together. Um, and while she's there, she kind of starts begrudgingly falling in love with the boy next door. Um, and also, discovering that she also has Crohn's disease and coming to terms with that and uh, a bunch of family drama. So. Wow. Well, you are so sweet. It makes sense that you would write all these sweet characters. Do you feel like often your um, characters are informed by your real life? I think so. I think even when I try to write a character that's not um, similar to what I know in real life or who I know in real life, I think, I mean, I think it's pretty hard to not let parts of truth slip into whatever you're writing because that's what you know. And that's, um, 
I think a lot of people say writing is really therapeutic in that way of sometimes you're writing and you're writing something about a character and you feel like it's completely unrelated and you're like, oh my gosh, I think I just resolved my own trauma somehow. <laughs> like, um, So sometimes writing just sneaks up on you. And I think definitely in characters, um, I think in like, if you're writing like a villain, it can be really easy to distinguish like that's bad. That's all opposite of what I do or believe. But otherwise, like main characters and sidekicks, um, I think it's so easy to let little pieces of yourself slip in. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, like you said, that's what you know. So you're, uh, you can only, you know, delve so far out of your own realm of experience, but that is so neat. Um, are you, you mentioned before that you're a big reader because of how you process stories. Are you reading anything interesting right now? I am along with probably the rest of the internet. I'm I'm still trying to finish uh, House of Flame and Shadow from Sarah J. Moss. Um, it is such a long book. I'm enjoying it, but it's so long. I I keep thinking I'm almost done, and I'm not. So <laughs> that's so funny. I've this is another little tangent, but I follow you on TikTok because I also help do a lot of the CamCat TikTok stuff, and. Um, I feel like TikTok weirdly does inform a good amount of my like non-work related reading. Do you feel like that's the case for you too? Yeah, for sure. And sometimes I will even be like, I've seen that book everywhere and like tell my friends about it and they'll be like, I've never seen or heard of that. And I'm like, maybe it's just me. I don't know. All my friends who aren't on social media are like, that's great, Jess. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Those algorithms will get you. You'll be like super deep in something you've never even heard of before. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm pretty sure I'm an expert on this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of TikTok and other social media platforms, um, we have come to an end of our interview. Haley, it has been so lovely talking to you. Where uh, can our audience find you? Um, I'm on TikTok at Haley May at Haley Maley, it's H A L E I G H M A L E I G H, um, and Instagram at Haley Winger. Amazing, and you have a website as well, right? I do, it's HaleyWinger.com. Amazing, and those will all be linked in the bio. Haley, it was so so lovely to have you on, it was such a fun time chatting with you. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. You make it easy. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I, uh, I feel like I'm always trying to hone my craft a little. So thank you for saying that as you are as an author too, I'm sure. Yeah, sure. For sure. And to the listeners at home, you can find Managing the Matthews in ebook, audiobook, and print formats on camcatbooks.com or wherever books are sold. You can listen to CamCat Unwrapped on all major podcasting platforms or watch us on our YouTube channel. And make sure you give us a follow on social media at CamCatBooks. Thank you all so much for tuning in and unwrapping another one of our books to live in with me. Haley, thank you so much for joining us. And I will see you all next time here on CamCat Unwrapped. Mm -hmm.